fuck you, Martin Kemp, and your son. Oh, shit. Uh, what's his son called? Ronan Kemp. Roman Roman Kemp. Kemp. Is he the guy Jack- that um, is really popular? Um, yeah, he won, apparently. He won I'm a Celebrity and he... Well, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure, but he he runs like the morning show on Capital FM or something like that, doesn't he? Yeah, he's some sort of soft-faced weirdo. I hate him. Why do you I hate, hate him? both of them? Why I just d- hate both of them. Why Why do you hate Martin Kemp? I believe there's something untoward going on there. Go on, I g- don't. Give me a theory. What are they doing? <sighs> what are the Kemp family really up to? I think Martin Kemp has found a way of extending his own life. And I think that the way that he synthesises it involves the killing of young boys. And I believe that he is bringing his son in on it and they have this ring, you know, where they're murdering all these young boys, sucking all the juices out of them and, you know cracking on with life and they all seem very nice very chummy very happy oh look at us we love each other so much dad son but actually they're fucking vicious ruthless bastard pricks who are killing children (laughs) ladies and gentlemen welcome to burn after reading Oh, mate, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Episode, what episode is this? Um, this is episode six. Episode six of Burn After Reading. Are you sure it's episode six? Yeah. Cool. Wow. I mean, that's just flown by, hasn't it? Yeah. And for me, the like, like the show just goes from strength to strength. The, mm. You know, our scripts are getting better. Our listenership's going down. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, is it? It's going it's going where? It's going. It's going down. It's going down. Okay. Well, that's not good. Um, we ideally, we would probably need that to go um, up. up. Yeah. Up would be the thing. So, guys, listening to this right now, if you could like, share, subscribe, share it on Facebook, Twitter. And Instagram. Also, you could email this. You could get the link for the episode and just email it to people. Yeah. Maybe write a letter and post it to a random address and just say, I've been listening to this. I think you'd like it too. (laughs) Yeah. Let's all send a letter to 2A Warburton Street and and we'll say, look, I've been listening to this podcast. I think you'd really like it too. And then just have the details written on there. And let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I I, I highly encourage this, okay? And uh, tweet at us the evidence of you doing this. I want to see our our tweet notifications blowing up. Yeah. Don't be afraid to chat to us. You know, contrary to what you might think, we're actually very nice. Um, Uh, I'm not. not Well, I am. I've been getting a lot of private um, direct messages just saying, Hi, Robin. I really like the show, uh, Burn After Reading. I think it's going really well. Love what you're doing. Who's Phil? <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah, yeah. And then um, uh, let me just find another. Um, hi, Robin. Love, love, love. Burn after reading. Can we get another guest on? <laughs> oh, so they think I'm 
the guest on your show. That's how people are seeing it. But yeah, for me, we're both co-hosting the show. Um, will he be every week? Let's see. <laughs> I'm saying yes, for the record. I, yeah, I'm contractually, this <laughs> can't work without me, so... True. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck yeah, with me. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens in the future. But I think, as guests, as hosts go, like Phil's the best. Thanks, Robin. I, I, I needed that this morning. <laughs> um, Phil, you said there'd be a big guest this week. Um, who, well, who have we we'll got? have to wait and see. Cool. We'll see if he turns up. I'm, I'm really excited. Who, who? Can you give me a clue who it might be? Cannot spoil the surprise. I am excited. This is a burn after reading first, isn't it? Uh, a guest, a super special guest on the show. Oh, super special mystery guest. When are they going to turn up, Phil? Hey, look. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't texted me since yeah. the last night. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Okay. Well, let's. I, I reckon we should just go for it. Who, who should start this week? Uh, do you want to pick? Do you know what? I think we we'll go with you. Oh, we'll go with me. We'll go with me. I'm really yeah. excited about this. Um, my script this week is called Remains to be Seen. It's uh, my new... Uh, uh, can I just say, Robin? Yeah. Absolutely impeccable title. Thank you. Remains to be Seen. Um, the title's great, um, but I think the script really speaks for itself this week. Um, Phil, I want you to play Barry. Mm-hmm. And I want you to play... Dom the dealer. Dom the dealer. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Right. That's it for it. Who's who is Barry? So Barry is one of um one of a twin. <laughs> okay. We've been through this before, but he's one of a twin. Sure. I'll be playing your brother Larry. And um <laughs> they they You like you you write in twins to your script quite often, don't you? I really? do, I do. There's something about them. And and with this script, it's it's my it's it's my sitcom. This is my this is <laughs> This is my my new sitcom, and yeah. um, I mean, just expect a lot of laughs throughout, guys. Um, it's it's packed to the rafters with laughters. Without further ado, guys, I'm I'm absolutely uh, joyed to welcome you to uh, my script this week, which is remains to be seen. Eternal, Doe's Undertakers, Morning. Barry Doe, a short bald man in his 60s, adds the finishing touches to the deceased body in the coffin before him. He is meticulous in his craft, making the body look picture perfect. A bit more blush. Now straighten up that tie. Turn that frown upside down and... His twin brother, Larry, tall and skinny with tiny specks, bursting through the door. That's it, we're dead! Barry is given a tremendous fright and ends up in the coffin with the body. What on earth are you doing in there, Basser? You scared me off to death. After death? You look quite at home with Mr Jenkins in there. What are you doing bursting in here, ranting and raving about anyway, Larry? We're dead, mate. Finished. Kaput. Smashed to black. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down there, Larry. He's coming for us. Who is? Said he was going to string us up by our tonsils. Who? Straight to the grave without a trace. Who? Barry grabs Larry and repeatedly slaps him over the face. <laughs> a little old lady walks in. 
Excuse me, which one of you two is Mr. Doe? I'm here about my late husband, Ray Jenkins. Oh, that's a relief. We thought you was about to whack us off. <laughs> I beg your pardon? Forgive us, Mrs. Jenkins. We were just applying the finishing touches to your husband now. Oh my, that was quick. Yeah, well, it's do or die in the funeral world. Get it done or die trying. That's what we say. I'm sorry, could you stop talking about death? Don't worry, Mrs. Jenkins. Never say die is what we do. I said stop talking about death. We do apologise, Mrs. Jenkins. Old habits die hard. We won't mention it again. Cross our hearts and hope to die. <laughs> the little old lady runs out of those undertakers, weeping and wailing. What's she sobbing about? We was only starting up a die-a-log. <laughs> anyway, Barry, me old brother, we've got bigger problems than the old stiffy in the coffin. What have you done this time, Larry? Well, I went for a couple of pints down at the Smiling Trout. Smiling Trout? You haven't been in there since you're bust up with Linda. Why are you so obsessed with Linda's bust? <laughs> Shut up, you tall glass of bastard. Look who's talking. A small leg rolled in fluff. All right, all right. You went to the Smiling Trout. Then what? Saw Don the dealer there, didn't I? He was talking about this quick dog. Speedy Gonzalez was his name. Well, I sided up to him and his wife. I remember her. Legs all the way up to her tits. Droopy pair. Anyway, I said I wanted a slice. Gave him an IOU and went to the track. What happened to the dog? That's not a very nice name for his wife. Not the wife. I'm talking about Speedy Gonzalez. Oh, that dog. Well, it turns out it was a bit lame, was it? Poor fella. Lost a lot of money on that tiny horse. How much? Fifteen. Hundred? I wish. Fifteen thousand. You should have seen this boy, Bazza. I had a good feeling about him. You said he was lame. Only after I fed him. <laughs> What are you doing feeding Speedy Gonzalez? Well, you know I keep that goose fat in my pocket. For good luck, yeah. Well, it turns out it wasn't as lucky as I hoped. Must have turned in your pocket. That was me thoughts too, Bazza. Well, what are we going to do? Oh, I've got an idea. Dumb the dealer, gold chain, large lapels, strides in bow-legged into the undertaker's. Hello, Dom, me old chum. I was just about to come find you. You ran away from me. Did I? After you poisoned me dog. Did he? Sh shut it. Both of you. There's a pair I want to introduce you to. Your wife's tits. Please don't, Dom. We've already seen them and they ain't pretty. Dom the dealer pulls out a pair of handguns and cocks them. Oh, tits. What do we do, Bazza? That, Larry, remains to be seen. <laughs> well, brilliant. Absolutely. I mean, that if if there ever was one, and you haven't written it in this week, strangely enough, there is a smash to black. 
Well, you know, it's not written at the end, but um, as you can see on the first page, yeah, you do. it's actually in the dialogue. So I'm bringing it into the actual dialogue this week. Um, as, as he says, we're dead, mate. Finish. Kaput. Smashed to black. Smashed to black. So, I mean, <laughs> have, the, have they been listening to the podcast? or? <laughs> you know, I'm really playing with a lot of dimensions here because I, I like to think that a lot of people, I know our listenership is down, but I like to think that maybe Barry and Larry are listening to the podcast and they've picked up one or two of our... Um, our little nuances. So, I mean, yeah. so what you're implying is that fictional people are now listening to this <laughs> yeah. podcast. I'm just saying it's a popular podcast now. Where, you know, not, not just real people, but fictitious people can also listen and enjoy it. It's become so popular that two fictitious twin undertakers are now <laughs> listening to it. And how rare is that? That's two very fictitious rare. twin undertakers are now listening to the podcast. Barry and Larry Doe. No, I like that. And what's their undertakers called? Uh, it's called Doe's Undertakers. <laughs> okay. Very simple. Right, yeah, yeah. But they're, yeah. T- but they're two simple blokes, you know? Yeah. Um, they're wheeler dealers that working in the Undertaker beers for God knows how long. They've been doing it their whole life. Right. And um, yeah, they're just salt of the earth, classic characters. Classic, classic guys. And they, you know, they are sorting out, what's his name again? Uh, Ray Jen- Mr. Ray Jenkins. Mr. Ray Jenkins. They're, they're making him picture perfect. His yeah. wife comes in. What's his wife doing there? She's just coming in to check that they're doing their job. She <laughs> wants to see that. She wants to see the body, make sure it's all good. Yeah. Um, as is a classic part of yeah. this whole process. Yeah. Uh, she was like, "I just thought I'd come in to check." And yeah, they're just finishing him up. Just finishing him up. Finishing him off. Finishing him off, as they would probably say. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Oh, come on! We're only finishing him off. But uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> God, I was going to do a bit there, and I had nothing. Um, so he comes in. He comes in. The little old lady, who, by no. the way, has a name, but you've just referred to her as little old lady in the script. Yeah, yeah she'd be. I mean, I did think of a lot of names for her, but then little old lady is, you know. Well, what you, she I is. mean, you do then call her Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Jenkins too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> See the script. Doesn't play by the rules, um, and well, I mean, it's just, it's knockout. Yeah, I mean, it is knockout. It's, I forgot that it was a sitcom for a second there. So there, did you? What with all the laughter in the background? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I mustn't have heard it. Um, <laughs> I mean, the laughs just keep coming. And, yeah. You know, um, imagine that in front of a live studio. I mean, ironically, in front of a live studio audience. Oh. And. Um, Oh, I mean, just packed to the rafters with laughters, like I said. Um, Great line, by the way. I can't believe I haven't heard that before. <laughs> it's because every time someone goes to say it, they go, oh, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be the reason, actually, come yeah, to think of it. I think that's probably the reason. So, yeah. they're, so they're these slapstick, you know, step-toe and son types. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm... Okay, so I'm drawing on a lot of... Um, slapstick sort of characters from the past mm-hmm. and Steptoe and Sons obviously one of them you know I'm thinking I'm channeling a lot of faulty towers yeah in this um and I mean Phil what is the best sitcom of all time uh Friends Mrs Brown's Boys Mrs Brown's Boys that's yeah fine. so you know for me I think Mrs Brown's Boys yeah is the best sitcom of all time do you I do 
Hang you're not just heart. saying. You're not just saying that, are I, you, Robin? I, I'm not just saying that. <laughs> I believe that Mrs. Brown's Boys is the best sitcom of all time. But you know, it's run its course. And whilst we need to celebrate Mrs. Brown's Boys and you know keep it playing on TV forever, forever, I, ever. I feel like those Undertakers could easily take that mantle and may, maybe even take it to the next level as well. These these colourful East End characters are born out of that sort of that beauty that Mrs. Brown's Boys um, uh, provides us. Um, <laughs> the uh, the beauty that Mrs. The, Brown's Boys. Yeah, I mean, just the intrinsic nature of the characters yeah and the depth that mrs brown's boys have this is really taking that and like to the next level okay that's great and so tell me a little bit more about dom the dealer dom is just yeah you know, he's he's a gangster he's a he's not a um pivotal character but he comes in every other episode and he's just your, your classic east end gangster and he's he's um He's always got something in the pipeline. So this this week, he's got uh, Quick Dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got one called Speedy Gonzalez, mm-hmm. and that's his dog that's going to win all the all the all the meetups, mm-hmm. all the all the greyhound tracks. And as always, Larry loves he loves a gamble. Does he? He loves a bit. It's more the excitement than the money. Um, and as soon as he hears about this Quick Dog, he's like, "I want a slice." Yeah. And it all goes tits up, doesn't it? All goes tits up because yeah. he feeds, uh, he feeds the dog the goose fat from his pocket yeah. and poisons him. <laughs> the, the the goose fat he's been keeping in his pocket for luck. Yeah, for good luck. Yeah, for good luck. Yeah. Well, it's a classic East End thing, Phil, isn't it? I mean, yeah. if you yeah. grew up in the East End, you'd know that you know keeping goose fat in your pocket for like a rainy day, as it were. Um, yeah, that's just... why Cockneys walk the way that they do, isn't it? Yeah, because they've got tons of goose fat. Yeah, just swishing around inside. <laughs> swishing around. Well, it's a problem when you're walking around Stepney, isn't it? You go slipping and sliding all over the place. Oh, the goose fat on the floor. Don't get me started. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, my my family, my ancestors, all from London, so that's where I'm sort of channeling that and all their <laughs> all my forefathers' stories about goose fat. Yeah. Um, all in the goose fat trade, my family. Were they? You're, you're, yeah, they were. Yeah. Your family were East London goose, goose fat tradesmen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, well, they were just called the fatters back the in fatters. the day. Yeah, the fatters. And you're you're looking to carry on their legacy, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And it's a real ode to them because um, back in the day, they used to be like, line your pockets with a bit of luck. And <laughs> how? So how exactly is goose fat supposed to bring good luck? No one knows, Phil. It's just one of those like kind of whimsical sort of far-fetched ideas that east londoners used to attach themselves to like you know like, maybe what 100 other years ago what other ones are there um well there's always this one where you always kick a deflated ball at the wall oh yeah um, yeah and that's meant to um that meant that means money's coming soon <laughs> that's what that means oh. yeah, yeah yeah so if you ever see like in an old film yeah of like a man kicking a deflated football against the wall it means and it and it slaps against the wall and he hits it it means yeah money money's coming soon all right and then he'll probably just wipe the goose fat in his pocket (laughs) what what other what other ones are there oh there's loads there's another one where um you um if you smash if you smash a uh, street light in one hit yeah um it means you're gonna die (laughs) 
<laughs> so I guess people would be avoid yeah, trying that's to why smash. You don't, that's why you don't see that one. So like yeah. the goose fat and the deflated ball. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw it nowadays, but um, but yeah, people smashing the street lamps with yeah. a rock doesn't happen because it means if you do it, you're dead. Yeah, basically. so I guess only suicidal cockneys would be doing that. Yeah, or drunkards. You know, Drunk, they've, yeah. they've just come out of a session at the Smiling Trout and they fancy another one on the cat's ass, but <laughs> <laughs> but just before they do, they pick up a rock and go, tonight's my night. Ah, they so it's hurt. a gamble. It's, it's almost like a kind of Russian roulette type thing. Yeah, yeah. It's something you'd find Larry Doe doing. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, and are, there, are there any other ones there, Robin? Any other, what, tradition? Cockney traditions that your family oh. used to... My family. I mean, like I said, mate, there's tons. Um, if you, <laughs> um, there's there's this great one that I love that um, you keep. You always keep a pig's snout. Yeah. And um, always keep it on the dashboard of your car <laughs> because um, it will keep any other odors out of the car. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> if, you keep, if you keep a pig's snout in the car, all you can smell is the pig's snout. Oh right, okay. Yeah, so if you do that, and you'll see this loads. In so it's, it's less it's less about the snout absorbing the odors, more that it just oh, a rotting <laughs> pa- snout overpowers all others. Call it what you will. Okay. <laughs> I think I'll call it that actually. Yeah, I'll call it that because it's ridiculous. Now I'm hearing it back, but yeah, yeah it just it just it defeats all other odors within the car, leaving only the rotting snout. Okay, and, and that's what a lot of um, old cockneys used to do. You know, they used to just be like, pop that on the dashboard. What's that smell? <laughs> <laughs> smells like a rotting pig's nose. The great thing is, it would just keep out any other rotting smells. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that's a great one. And I just, I, I, I think uh, the listeners will agree with me. Do you have any more, Robin? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, obviously. I said there's loads, didn't I? So, yeah, you said there's absolutely loads. I mean, we could probably have well, squeeze another two or three out of this, I'd imagine. Uh, but do you really want to hear them I t- all now? I think I'd like one more. Okay. Well, um, I mean, this one is just... Uh, <laughs> this one's a classic, right? Yeah. Um, if you... Um, you see this a lot as well in the summer. <laughs> uh, cockneys would cut the, bomb, the soles of their shoes off. <laughs> Yeah. Because, uh, and this is twofold as well. One, because their feet get so bloody hot. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so they cut off the soles and it would give them a lot of breathing space. So it's more practical than anything. But the more um, mythical part of it is that um, people love to cut the, sh- the soles off their shoes because um, they love to feel the pavement. And yeah. it's a classic East London thing. When you're strutting to work and in the summer you cut the bottoms of your this is the the bottoms of your shoes off you feel the pavement beneath you you feel like london you feel like i'm off to work you feel you feel all that goose fat that's on yeah. the pavement well, I, <laughs> I mean it's not just goose fat it's like all sorts of shit yeah i mean we're talking this is proper east end london you know there's just there's goose fat there's pig snouts there's all sorts <laughs> all over the floor yeah. um and and londoners they like to feel it they like to feel the energy that fat beneath their feet mm yeah, yeah the, so the fat of the, that's where that phrase, the fat of the land, comes from, isn't it? It is. And I'm glad mm. you said that because it completely backs up what I was saying. <laughs> I'm no historian, Philip, but like, this is what people did in London. And 
that is, you know, this is what I've been taught from a very early age, and it's going to be popular with all families. I'd say so. I can imagine a family sitting around the table. But no, we're not sitting around the table. No one does that, do they? <laughs> sitting on the sofas with some food on their laps, and they're shoveling it into their fat yeah. mouths, yeah. and they're going, God, time for Doe the Undertakers. No, sorry, yeah. remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. Oh, there's um, a new episode out tonight. Oh, let's just shove some more chicken goujons in my mouth. Yeah, God, yeah. Well, past the peri-peri sauce. <laughs> We've got a new ep of Remains to be seen to watch. Yeah, and, and, and that's wholesome, and that's bringing people together. Um, and I'm delighted to be doing that. That's what you feel you're doing here. I feel, that, I feel that's what I'm doing. You're unifying families across the land. I'm unifying families across the world. Across the world. This <laughs> well, is international. You, you never know how big this is going to get. Um, and after this podcast is only going to help um, the rest of the world understand just what it's like to be a Cockney. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll really get a nice, <laughs> really get a good understanding of what it means to be a Cockney after this. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, but yeah, that's it. That was great. I loved it. Um, <clears throat> I wish, I wish I was watching it right now with my family. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. Uh, did you get a text from that that special guest? We got. Uh, they haven't. They have seen my message. Also, two blue ticks. Yeah, two blue ticks. And they are currently online, actually. Um, okay. But no reply. Look, I've sent five already, and I think a sixth might be I think pushing might it be a little bit. That might yeah. be overkill. Okay, well, um, in, the, in the meantime, shall we hear a word from our sponsors? Hey, why not? Ah, I can't concentrate on my important work with all these cats meowing. Fear not! Mr. Maestro is here! Mr. Maestro? With Mr. Maestro, a simple tap-tap can change everything. Wow. Or how about some gentle waves? I love gentle waves. Or maybe you prefer... Oh, that's the one. Thanks, Mr. Maestro. At MrMaestro.com, we have a sound for every mood. <laughs> Visit today to find yours. Wait, where are my cats? Mr. Maestro takes your cats. That's right. Mr. Maestro there. Uh, he's taking he's taking your cats. So that's an advert for a man who's taking people's cats. Oh, I thought it was an ad for like, some sort of playlist website or sound effects, but All at right. the end, it's a bit weird at the end when... It, yeah, I mean, it seems like we've been paid by a man to advertise the fact that he takes cats. Yeah, that doesn't seem right, does it? No, that seems very wrong. I mean, look, I, you wanted to be in charge of the adverts this week, and I'm... It does, I mean, is he taking cats? It seems very much like he's bamboozling people with some sort of noise application, yeah. and then he's stealing their cats. Hey, look, go to mrmaestro.com for more information. Yeah, check it out, um, see what's on there. <laughs> See what services he provides. Um, cool. I'm really excited for your script, uh, Phil. Well, let's... I tell you what. Well, without further ado, this is the tale of Bobby Joe. 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 He's an arrogant son of a bitch. 
a real goddamn know-it-all. But by God, when you see him run, when you see him run, that golden hair moves like sunshine. Sandy's mom, God rest her soul, heard from the fisherman down at Blue Hole that it was Bobby Joe who blew up the dam in River Creek a few years back. Mm-hmm. I saw Bobby Joe his first Jeep, an old 76 Wagoneer. It was a thing of beauty. Pearl blue interior, 6.6 liter AMC, 401 V8 engine. Boy, that car sang. Of course, he crashed it four days later down in Pineville. Had a mighty fine ding. Uh, Mr. Saturday, your second wife's on the line. Says it's a matter of life and death. Oh, sorry. I gotta take this. Yeah, I was the first responder of the accident down in Pineville. It was sure more than a ding. An old jeep sped clean through the intersection over there crashed through the Presbyterian Church's doors here, then the assailant fled on foot into the forest down the valley there. Bobby Joe. Do not Allah. That name in the house of the Lord. If I see that man again, I'll take him to the St. Peter directly. You know, some people say it's actually the ghost of Bobby Joe that's haunting this town. Say he lives up in the hills and comes down at night to feed and get petrol. Bobby Joe is not a ghost. He has killed multiple people and is considered highly dangerous. Matter of fact, we have a whole unit on the hunt for him as we speak. If you do come across him, you must call 911 immediately. It wasn't a relationship as such. It was more an exploration. You see, Bobby Joe's like an artist, and the body is his canvas. You'll have to cut this bit out, but one time, we spent the whole week consuming nothing but each other's body fluids. <coughs> he did what with the Hornswoggle girl? Bobby Joe. He's a renegade, a true patriot. This country was founded on the blood and bones of men like Bobby Joe. He's done more for our people than that good-for-nothing sheriff ever did. Only thing that ass had done right was to have them Filipino folk down in Fort Bridges killed. <coughs> Officer Carp had no choice but to shoot the Santoses. And a court of peers all agreed they had no place practicing their oriental black magic in this town. Look, if uh, you need things done, there's only one guy to call. I mean, that is a matter of speech, of course. Uh, he refuses to carry a phone. You just gotta whisper in the wind and hope that he hears. Bobby Joe. And, and another time, we made love in the carcass of a horse he killed. <coughs> Inside a dead horse? Drugs, that's his secret. Hmm. Personally, I think he might be a magician. He's a descendant of the great Robert E. Lee. He's a mentally deranged individual. He's an abomination to God. Is this thing on? Hi, I'm Bobby Joe, and this is my story.
phenomenal. Oh. Absolutely phenomenal. Well, um, we got through it. We got through it. Um, a lot of characters in there. And I say is, characters, but actually, I'm not too sure what's what's going on here. This seems a, it's a big town. Yeah. Uh, what what is this? What sh- a, what genre is this? It's, it's it's the tale of Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe. And Bobby Joe is he is he real? Well, this is the thing about Bobby Joe. This is what this uh, film is an exploration of: of um, whether Bobby Joe's real or not. So. There's there's a lot of talk uh, of Bobby Joe. There's um, say Jeff Saturday, who was one of my characters. Yeah. Um, so Jeff Saturday sold him a jeep. And a, he sold him a jeep. Yeah, an old '76 Wagoneer. Wagoneer, and uh, he apparently crashed it. Oh yeah, straight no into the straight into the Presbyterian Church. Yeah. So I mean, by all accounts, that is a sign of existence. That's quite a big sign, isn't it? The sheriff actually said he's killed multiple people. And, yeah. like, there's a case open. There's a unit working towards, you know, bringing down Bobby Joe. But the thing is, the what the police up to, man? They killed those Filipino folk. Yeah. Bobby, Look, Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe is the quintessential American. Yeah. You know? And it's it's an exploration of whether he really exists, whether it, what it, what's said about him is true, false. Is he being stitched up by the police? Did he really kill all those people? Does he really come down for petrol? <laughs> Does he? Did, did he have sex in a dead horse? Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of accounts here, and all the accounts know him. Everyone, so, everyone's got their story about Bobby Joe. Yeah, so everyone's got their own story about Bobby Joe. It's, so it's not really is he real? It's more like are the stories that everyone's saying about Bobby Joe real? <laughs> well, that's precisely it. And so this is Bobby Joe. Telling his story for true, finally. Yeah. Um, He's finally been allowed the time to be, well, to get his story out there. Yeah. And it's a story that absolutely must be told. I mean, the pastor doesn't particularly like him at all, does he? No, no. This is the thing, that Bo- but Bobby Joe doesn't like the pastor either. So he's anti- anti-religious. anti You know, for him to go against the church, that's pretty big, isn't it? Yeah, but then Allegedly. Bobby Joe... But this is the thing, man. He's against every form of authority. <laughs> Bobby Joe is the quintessential American, living and breathing, red, white and blue, stars, stripes on my spangled banner man. <laughs> and he will not, he doesn't care who you are, he will not take this lying down. He is going to do what he wants to do. What Bobby Joe wants to do, Bobby Joe does. Wow. He's done more wrong than good, hasn't he? <laughs> You don't know what good he's done yet. <laughs> what what good has he done? He I didn't get any sense of the good stuff in there actually. Look, his girlfriend. Yeah, what's she called? Kylie Hornswoggle. Kylie Hornswoggle. Great name. Uh she's great 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 gal. He did what with the Hornswoggle girl? He so exactly. But that was good. What? Sleeping with her inside of a dead horse? She wanted. They were both into it. Why is that not good? They're just exploring their sexuality. It sounds. Uh, I tell you what. It sounds like. It sounds like the bun, the Ted Bundy tapes, and uh, making a murderer, and 
something else all scrambled into one like a lot of murder sort of documentaries no i've I've never watched any of them you've never watched making a murderer i've never even heard of it (laughs) you've never (laughs) you've never (laughs) you've never seen any sort of crime drama drama documentary i didn't think they were allowed to make those things yeah well i mean yeah no, it's not, because they make them all the time. They're like oh. probably one of. It's probably the most popular genre. No, it's just more tales of like crazy Americans just doing crazy stuff. But this um, is the thing. This isn't a. This isn't a tale of a crazy American. This is a tale of Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe. And he is the. I cannot stress this enough. Oh yeah. Quintessential, liberated, enlightened man. He's no. sexually free. He is. He's 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 economically free. Yeah. He's 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 free. He's free free. Yeah, free free. <laughs> and he he will not take this lying down, you know? He's just out there. Allegations. Yeah. Hey, look. These alloc- look they they might be true. Look, I mean I'm gonna I'll tell you now that all of these stories are true. <laughs> He sounds. He, he sounds impulsive. Thoughts. He sounds like that. He has no boundaries. There is no taboo, at no. which he is because he doesn't even see it. He doesn't even look, see Robin. I can't stress this enough. He is the freest of free men. So when he picks a direction to drive him, he goes. It doesn't matter what's in my way. No, he he will absolutely go that direction until he can't go anymore. It doesn't matter if he murders people. No. Yeah. Yeah, and look whether that's right or wrong sounds wrong, but but, Uh, yeah, but that's for you to judge, man. You're the one judging him. And I might not be as liberal as Bobby Joe. I'm clearly not. I no. I think there are rules for a reason. So I'm obviously sitting on one side of the audience, whereas I think a lot. Well, no, actually, I think a couple of other people similar to Bobby Joe are like, yeah, man, have sex in that horse. You drive your car wherever you like. Your six point six four oh one. V8 engine, wherever you like. You drive it through a church. Hell, you drive it through a school, killing them. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's in your way. Well, there was that Chinese place he burnt down, but they, yeah. that was just that was just in his way. That there was wasn't just, a church. That was just annoying for him to see, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but look, it, it wasn't racist. He, he that would burned... sounds a bit racist because like, no, 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 he, no, that no, wasn't no. even it... in his way, and he was like, "I'm burning down that." There was a bit of a smell around it, which he thought oh, was bad. Yeah, it sounds sounds like a racist attack, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it was not racist. There's no racist smell. It was just oil. Right. You'd have to you'd have to ask Bobby Joe about this if I'm honest with you. Okay. Who, I, come on, mate. Who's okay? Give me give me some details. Who's playing Bobby Joe? Well, actually, it's, I'm glad you've asked this, Robin. Yeah. Because actually, and it's a bit of a shame, but our special guest this week was going to be the actor that plays Bobby Joe, which is, of course, Wayne Graham. No. Yeah. Oh. Wayne Graham of <laughs> Butterfly Effect fame was going to be himself, in the studio. He played himself in the Butterfly Effect. I can't stress that enough. Wayne Graham. He <laughs> played himself. He played yeah. himself in the Butterfly Effect. <laughs> he was coming on today. He He's going <laughs> to... Yeah. You in coats with Wayne Graham again? <laughs> Wayne Graham was quite insistent that this film gets made. I 
bet he was. I bet he was. Look, he's not been doing much since uh, open water. So he decided that, you know, <laughs> now is the time. That? that film, Open Water. About the couples that are sort of stranded in open water. Yeah, There's a shark. Is that, was he in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's underwater for all of it. You can't really see. <laughs> yeah. Pivotal role. So he hasn't been doing a lot since his underwater role <laughs> in open water. In open water. No, so unfortunately he hasn't. Um, I'm absolutely gutted he's not going to be on the show. I mean, look, like I said, he's left me on red. Uh, it's typical of him. I mean, in, in many ways, he is Bobby Joe and he kind of lives by his own lives by his own rules. And uh, Has he convinced yeah. you to write the script? He had a big part to play in me writing this script. It sounds like some sort of fever dream that Wayne Graham's had and he's made you write it out exactly how he wants and exactly how he perceives. And instead of just calling it the tale of Wayne Graham, <laughs> <laughs> he's gone... He's gone, don't call it me, or however he speaks. He's Australian, isn't he? <laughs> He's Australian, yeah. Well, remembers, yeah. Yeah, well. Um, I, I can't wait to meet him. <laughs> and he, he goes, call it Barbie Joe or something. He's Who am I to argue with the creative process of someone like Wayne Graham? I mean, you'd be a fool. Someone that's been be in the fool. butterfly effect and open water. <laughs> it sounds like he's playing himself predominantly in most films. Well, not he wasn't in The Last Samurai. He was in The Last Samurai, was he? Yeah, he didn't play himself then. Who did he play in The Last Samurai? He played Yoshimito. <laughs> Yoshi, Yoshimito. Do you know what? I'm going to have to go back and watch The Last Samurai. Tom Cruise it was, it was, Tom it was, Cruise it was, fame. Is it Tom yeah, Cruise? it was a pretty pivotal thing. Yeah, there was a bit where Tom Cruise was had like one of his classic crises of, of confidence and he wandered <laughs> off to... He wandered off to the hills... And he stumbled, <laughs> he stumbled across a hut, and in the hut, uh, there was an old man uh, called Yoshimito, who convinced him to, that you know he could actually go back and kill all the all the Japanese people. And that was so that Yoshi was Wayne Graham. Yeah, so Yoshi, he plays Yoshimito in the Last Samurai. Yeah, and he convinces Tom Cruise to go back and kill all the Japanese people. I'm seeing almost a trend here. Yeah. Between, you know, <laughs> this film yeah. and, and him burning down that oriental restaurant in Bobby <laughs> Joe. <laughs> does, is Wade Graham okay? Because does he think he's still Yoshimito? <laughs> he's, 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 I mean, look, I'm he was a bit very... Worried, actually. <laughs> it was, what was what was very interesting about that role was that he, <laughs> he wasn't actually cast <laughs> it, it, as, as Yoshimito. He just was Yoshimito during that yeah. period of his life. And um, St- Tom Cruise stumbled across him and that actually is how he ended up in the film. <laughs> Yoshimito. <laughs> he was fit. He was, yeah, he's living in the foothills of the... Of Mount Fuji. He just happened to be living in the hills of Mount Fuji. Way great. And uh, <laughs> and uh, to- uh, Tom Cruise. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> Tom Cruise. I-, I can't remember the exact details of how this happened. Yeah, but Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise stumbled across him. 
we convinced him to go and kill all the Japanese people. <laughs> and, uh, and this is offset. <laughs> and this is, this is all, yeah, but it, it, but it happened to be and filmed. Tom Cruise made went, it. Tom Cruise went, well, look, we need to get you in this film I'm doing yeah. here. And I need you to say exactly what you've just told me today. Yeah. <laughs> and Yoshimito slash Wayne Graham was all over it. <laughs> Yeah, he 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 said, you know what? All right, <laughs> all right, all right. All right. I'd say, you know all what? Right. I'll do it. Try again. Try and get him on the show. Desperate to have him. Yeah, um, I'll see. You. I'll see what I can do. Um, well, there you have it. Another burn after reading, signed, sealed, delivered straight to your ears. Um, Swalk. Pardon. <laughs> Swalk. You never said. You never done that. No. What's Swalk? Sealed with a loving kiss. Oh, I've never done that. Is that text speak? I think you would normally do it in... Um, Does Wayne Graham you know, sign off with that after his text? In his letters, yeah. <laughs> sealed with a loving kiss. Sometimes I think it means sealed with a long cock. <laughs> sealed with a long cock. It's spelt with a K. How strange. <laughs> uh, <laughs> both those scripts are on the fire. They're burning. And I hope we never have to read either of them again. <laughs> um, I hope there's no reason to. Um, thanks for listening to Burn After Reading. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, everyone, Philip Likos Corbett. Amazing. Great script today, pal. Uh, keep trying. Um, and I will as well. Yeah. Um, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, see you soon. Bye. Bye.